Le'Veon Bell said that if the Steelers franchise him again, he might retire or sit out the entire season in 2018. He certainly wouldn't show up for training camp, although that didn't have any lasting consequence this year. I respect Lev Bell for wanting to secure his long-term future, but he's just not going to get a long-term deal worth 15 mil per year. Not from the Steelers, that's for sure, and probably not from any NFL team. Bell just plays the wrong position for that. It's a passing league, not a running league, and the NFL was saturated with good running backs. Bell isn't so much better than those good running backs, especially given the secondary impact of the position. Bell is only 25, but he's played five seasons, has been significantly injured, and he's been a workhorse. He had 406 touches during the 2017 regular season. The wheels may be falling off sooner, not later. I do think Bell is getting screwed, but by the franchise tag and not the Steelers. That's the union's fault. If Bell gets franchised next season, he will make 14.5 mil. He made 12 mil this year, and that adds up 16 million on his career to date, not including next year's 14.5 mil. Unless Bell is a total idiot, those earnings alone, the 16 mil so far, should translate to long-term security. But maybe I just answered my own question. I get Bell's frustration. I know. But what he wants to happen just won't. And it wasn't smart to bring it up now, but it really doesn't matter. I like people who blame the media for asking Bell about potentially being franchised next year. It's the media. Why bring that up now? Hey, the media wants Bell to answer like he did. All Bell had to say was, I'm focused on Jacksonville. I'll worry about next season after this season. And Bell ultimately did say that on Twitter. Uh, Let's go now. Uh, Colin Coward on his uh, Fox TV show spoke at length about what Love Bell said. And Colin, as always, makes some really good points. And he goes uh, a little deeper, looking at some of the secondary comments made by Bell after saying he might sit out next season or retire. It's Colin Coward of Fox Sports talking about Lev Bell right here on The X. Le'Veon Bell is a very good running back. Le'Veon Bell came out. Here we are two days from a playoff game. 25 years old. $12 million this year, highest paid running back in the league. They're going to franchise him next year. He'll be the highest paid guy in the league next year as well. Failed two drug tests, been suspended, hurt regularly. Now he's not happy two days before a playoff game with his money. Two days before a playoff game, here's Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to settle for anything. I know what I do, and I know what I bring to the table. Here's his quote, I'm not going to go out there getting the ball 400 times. If I'm not getting what I feel, I'm valued at. I made a lot of money. I'm happy where I'm at. I've got a good family. I don't really need to play football. Yes, Le'Veon Bell is threatening to retire two days before a huge playoff game for Mike Tomlin, for Big Ben, for Le'Veon Bell, and for the Steelers. 
you don't want to lose to Jacksonville at home. First of all, there is a time to talk about everything. I think players have a right to confront bosses when it comes to money, but not two days before a playoff game. This has been my problem for the last several years with two teams in the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks, who this year fell apart and now just had to fire everybody, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have the most explosive offensive stars in the league. Now they have another Juju Smith-Schuster, and in most eyes of underachieved. A source told me this morning that Matt Patricia is going to become the New New York Giants' next coach. Is it because they know he's the best assistant coordinator out there? No. They're going to hire him because the New York Giants have Odell Beckham and Eli Apple and Landon Collins, and they talk a lot. And the Giants, my source tells me, want to hire a disciplinarian. So players talk less. Coach does the talking. Can I ask a question? Find me a loose football culture. Dallas Cowboys, I'd call them loose. New York Giants last three years, I'd call them loose. Seattle, Miami, Oakland, Cincinnati that wins long-term. Oh, Seattle did it for a couple. That window's closed. No salary cap space. Players revolting. Banging on their quarterback in ESPN articles. But if I said to you, give me a rigid, tough, system-first football program in America, New England, Alabama, Giants under Coughlin, Vikings under Mike Zimmer, Jim Harbaugh and the Niners, they win a lot of games. Show me where loose Player empowerment, outspoken, say what you want, when you want, wins long-term in football. It underachieves all the time. It's man overboard all the time. It's dysfunctional all the time. It gets coaches fired all the time. Sometimes star-driven teams can get hot, Seattle did. Notice how quickly the window closes. See, the problem is with social media, the media loves player empowerment. Tell them what you think. You deserve more money. Let me write a column. This is outrageous. It never lasts. It always underachieves eventually. So here's Le'Veon Bell. This has been my primary concern with Mike Tomlin's culture. Facebook Live, I deserve more money. This guy calling out that guy. I know the media loves that, and you can pander to it, and you can apologize. But the two best football cultures in the world right now, Bama and New England, are not about player empowerment. They're about the system, the coach, and being respectful and focused before playoff games. Here go the Steelers again. Two days out from a team that destroyed them, Jacksonville. Destroyed them, dismantled them, humiliated them. You're not talking about the offense. You're talking about your salary, Steelers, Pete Carroll, Seahawks. These two franchises, one just fell apart this year. If Pittsburgh loses, I mean, Jacksonville crushed them 14 of the last 16 times that a team beat an NFL team by over 20 points in the regular season and then played them again in the playoffs. 14 out of 16 times, Jacksonville, that team that won big, wins in the playoffs. If Pittsburgh loses, like the Seahawks, I think a fair criticism is the team is underachieved. Again. Wow. 
That is right on the money. And, and Coward hits it right on the head. Bell bitching about money. A few days before a playoff game, that's not going to wreck the Steelers come kickoff time against Jacksonville. But it's symptomatic of the lack of focus and discipline that true championship-level teams have, like, like New England, as Colin Coward said. A Patriots player would have never said that a few days before a playoff game. Just never would have said that. I want your thoughts on what Colin had to say, and I want your thoughts on this game. I said earlier, if the Steelers score 17 points, they win the game. But they got to get 17, and against that defense, that's easier said than done. We brag on the Steelers' offense all the time. The Steelers don't have the number one offense in football. Jacksonville does have the number one defense in football. That might sneak up on you come, I don't know, maybe about halftime on Sunday. 105.9 The X. Steigerwall next. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, double M. Thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma. I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, the 40-year broadcasting veteran, author of two books. He is the king of old school. John Steigerwald. Uh, Stag, what is the biggest upset in Steelers playoff history? You. I got the 94 AFC Championship game loss to San Diego. And after that, maybe the 2011 loss to Tim Tebow. What's your call? I think um, I would put the Tebow loss. Uh, there was no chance they were going to lose that game to Denver. Yeah, but, but that was uh, at Denver. Yeah, Makes but it was Tim harder. Tebow. And come on. Yeah, but, but they were double-digit favorites against San Diego at Three Rivers. At home, yeah. And I covered that game. I was there too, yeah. I, I had the good assignment. I covered the San Diego locker room. When Alfred Papunu was standing by himself on the sideline and caught a ball and kind of just jogged into the end zone because nobody was close to him, yeah. you could have heard a pin drop. Oh, yeah. It was ugly. It was ugly. Uh, you, know, I, you, I, you know, I don't think you can go wrong picking either one. I just, I'm thinking of the, what, the shocking way that that Denver uh, loss ended with just... You know, they start overtime. What was it, like the first play in overtime? It was the first play. It was the 80-yard touchdown yeah. pass. Yeah, I mean, goodbye. That that was a total shock. Even when it went to overtime, you thought, ah, oh, well, this is Tim Tebow, and we got Ben, and no, there's no way we're going to lose this game, and it's and, over. Unless Ben never touches yeah. the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say that 94 game against San Diego, I mean, there were a few back in the Super era, like uh, in between the four Super Bowl wins, they had the best team. Yeah. I forget what year it was, Stag. Maybe you can refresh 76. my memory. 76, was that when Franco and Rocky both got yeah, hurt? Yeah, but and they lost and on Booby the road. Harrison, it was at Oakland. Yeah. But still, that was, that was some big. would say, their best team. But oh, yeah. They didn't have Franco and Rocky. That was and, their best defense, yeah. And um, and they, you know, they won by running the ball and playing defense back then. And they couldn't run the ball. Can they lose to Jacksonville? Yes. Jacksonville, okay, well, let me. Let me yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they will, but no, I, I think they can. I wouldn't bet against them, though. No. And Jacksonville has the best defense in football and the best cornerback tandem in recent NFL history, it seems to me, maybe not the players, but but the fans are taking the Jags lightly, even after having seen the Steelers get killed by them in Week 5. Yeah, I just tweeted that a little while ago. I said, you know, it's amazing how confident people are in the Steelers uh, when they're playing a team that humiliated them, then just beat them, humiliated them a few months ago. Um, and I, I was surprised. I was listening to the, the, the bite you ran from Colin Coward, the stat he gave on teams that beat 
the teams that won by more than 20 in the regular season, what their record is in the playoffs against that same team, and it's really good. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 you can't say that, I mean, it's, it's a safe to say and safe to assume that Terry Bradshaw, or Terry Bradshaw, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to throw five interceptions. Well, what um, if he throws two? Yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I think Ben's going to have a big game, but we're, we're saying stuff that, that, we're posing truisms. We yeah. think they are. Well, he's not going to throw. You could bet your house he's not going to throw five interceptions. But that doesn't mean that if he doesn't do that, that they're going to win. Well, well, right, exactly. But I will say this. I do expect Ben to have a really big game. Then again, you got Jalen Ramsey covered Antonio Brown. You know, it's not like, you know, Ben's throwing at the guys that will be wide open every time, especially on Sunday against Jacksonville with those cornerbacks. But if it's a quarterback's league right now, which it is. No question. How can Bortles beat Ben? Uh, ben beat himself back in week five with the five picks, but I think he's going to do better. I'm not sure how much more Bortles can realistically be asked to do. He barely threw the ball. What was it? 18 straight yeah. running plays by Jacksonville to end that game. He he. What he can be asked to do is not screw up, and uh, it, the best chance of him not screwing up is having him hand the ball off instead of trying to throw it. But <clears throat> I saw a stat uh, today that Le'Veon Bell averaged something like 4.6 yards a carry his first, I think it was six games, and his last eight, he's averaged 3.2. And every, a lot of the focus has been on Fournette, not... not well, Fournette's car- yards per carry has dropped off drastically. Yeah, that's too. what I mean, but nobody's mentioning it. Bell's has also. <laughs> well, yeah, but Bell's <laughs> caught a lot more balls in the interim, yeah, too. Yeah, and that's the way they play. But um, I just think, and here's the thing, I, don't have, I haven't heard anybody even talk about it, other than the weather uh, forecasters. It's going to be 15 degrees. That's not a good day. That's not good weather for a team that lives and dies with offense and throwing the ball. It's not good weather for a skilled offense. No. Then again, it's not good weather for a Florida team. That's what I, that to me is the, to me the variable is how much, if any, the weather affects Jacksonville because they're from Jacksonville, Florida, and not from around here, and it's going to be really cold. Because to me, there's no doubt that the cold weather is going to make it less likely that you're going to have a big offensive game from anybody. It's not that it, it can't happen, but it really diminishes the chances of it. It's it's hard to catch an NFL football. That's why Tom Brady had him deflate them when they played in wet and cold weather because it makes a difference. His ball comes becomes slippery. It's harder to catch. It's harder to throw, and that just means you're not going to have a lot of big days by big offensive players very often on those kinds of days. It'd be interesting to look and see what kind of numbers you get from people when the when the game time temperature is below twenty degrees. You can look it up. I'm a little busy. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. We're talking to John Steiger while he's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, current on a name you could trust. Uh, Webb Bell said he might sit out next season mm-hmm. or retire if he gets franchised again. <laughs> sure he will. I get it, but is it now an odd time to say that? A stupid time to say it. And uh, I think Colin Coward talked about that too, which I thought was you know appropriate. And and coming from someone not in Pittsburgh, it's a, it's a different perspective. Um, well, well, right. For example, if you're not in Pittsburgh – and not a Steeler fan, Bell doing that looks stupid beyond stupid. Right. Absurd beyond idiotic. And you look at it and you say, what is this guy doing? Who, who is this guy? Why is he saying this? Isn't this the guy who got uh, suspended for weed? And and why is he doing this? Uh, just, you know, just shut up and play. You know, come on. And, and, hey, if they win the Super Bowl or even if they lose in the AFC Championship game or if they lose tomorrow, next Thursday or Sunday, next Thursday, bring it up. That's fine. You know, say whatever you want. Hey, but, bring it up right after if you want. Yeah, yeah. After your season's over. But but here's the thing. I do empathize with Bell. No question. Because he's touched the ball. Well, in regular season, he had 
between catches and receptions, 406 touches. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. And they are going to use him till the wheels fall off, and the franchise tag enables them to manipulate that, mm-hmm. to use him just as long as they can get maximum uh, results from him, and then they can cast him aside. However, that's the union's fault. I was just going to that, say that's not That's not the Steelers. Took, uh, <clears throat> that franchise tag is horrible, Stag. Took the it words right out of my mouth. It literally keeps free agency from being free. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, maybe you ought to give the union a call. And here's the thing. I think all NFL players, including Le'Veon Bell, as we're sitting here now, is are underpaid. Underpaid based on the amount of revenue produced by the NFL and the, the share that they get of it, I think that they're grossly and the underpaid. Risk. Yeah, grossly underpaid, and especially when you compare it to other sports. You got hockey players. You got ho- I mean, that's a rough sport too. But you got hockey players making six, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year on guaranteed contracts. Yeah, this is the NHL compared to the NFL, which I, I, I mean, come on, the, the revenue that's produced and everything. Well, it's, smaller rosters, but yeah, yeah, overall, you're right. There's, yeah. there's. Well, NFL players. But the NHL also has to have a minor league system, which the NFL doesn't have. They got much NFL more. NFL players have never been properly represented in terms of no. their unions. They've gotten some things, but not got nearly enough. And the reason being, they're not willing to sacrifice a season. Right. They're not willing to miss a whole year's worth of paychecks to get the paychecks and the security where they belong for the long run. Major League Baseball's been willing to do that. Yep. Hockey's been willing to do that. Football has not. When I I'm old enough to remember the old AFL when I was a kid when it started up, and I loved it when the draft came along and two teams drafted a guy and you had and there was the battle between which team the guy was going to go well, the with. The best thing for any pretty sport, big difference. The best thing for any sport is competing leagues. Oh no question. And and the World Hockey Association we saw that right. wasn't anything like the AFL was, but but I loved the USFL. Loved the USFL and 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 I thought. Why shouldn't a city like San Antonio have a pro football team, a major league pro football team, and a, or a city like Birmingham, Alabama? You know, just and and you would find out these players would get a lot more money if another league popped up. You'd see how much they were worth. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of money everybody gets, but they would get much more. Well, no, the amount of money the players get in almost every sport, within the context of the revenue coming in, is less than fair. Like oh, you yeah. said about football. Yeah. That goes for baseball, too. Absolutely. Within the context of the revenue coming in, it's the revenue coming in that's ridiculous, and what the fans are charged, right. it's ridiculous. Right, and and the, the, the astronomical amount of money that pro athletes make is ridiculous to some people. It Actually, it isn't to me because it's just the free market speaking, and I, I think that if the market were really allowed to speak, they'd be making a lot more, especially in football. There was a good story at GQ.com yesterday. It pointed out that the NFL and Steelers kind of glossed over Ryan Shazier mm-hmm. being in a wheelchair and went straight to a feel-good story. Right. And come to think of it, they did, and I was fooled too. Boy, they can manipulate, can't they? I said from the beginning, when, and I didn't want to say it because I felt bad for the guy, obviously. You know, you want to wish him, you know, hope for the best. But the the less that was said about it, the the more the worse it seemed. I mean, if I always felt right from the beginning, if if the news were good... Yeah, they'd be screaming it from the top of the golf building, and it's and and it's not. They're not saying anything, and that that's what pretty much what the story said was that they're saying that he's he's exercising and he's well, doing and he's that, working no his way back. That's no business if the family right. doesn't want it to be so. But the fact right. of the matter is, we're talking about how great he, it is that he's at Steelers practice, right? And he was in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Okay, we barely mentioned the wheelchair, right? And the one thing I did read the story, and the one thing I disagree with was that they talked about a vicious hit. It was a routine tackle. And it could happen in a 
I, I mean, I knew a guy. It, it was a freak accident is what it was. I knew a guy who was paralyzed for life doing the same thing. You probably knew him, too. Um, guy used to work in radio here. Who was that? Uh, I'll think of his name in a minute. So, at any rate, um, are teams and athletes legitimately inspired by stories like Shazier's? And we hear Mike Mitchell saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, beat New England for Shazier. Or is all just a bunch of crap that doesn't matter? And this all dates back to, like, the Gipper. Yeah, I I think it's a bunch of... It's Sean Dougherty, what, by the way, was the name of the oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He, he was in ninth grade, and he made a... Ta- I didn't see it happen, but I was told that that was the same kind of a deal. He lowered his head, made a routine tackle, and was paralyzed for life. Ended up dying at a young age. Um, but, no, the, the stuff... The, the locker room... I've, I've always felt locker room uh, bulletin board stuff has been overrated forever. It just it just is. I, I just it, you, and Chuck Noll always said if you need to be motivated by stuff like that, you're you're just not you know you're in the wrong business. Just just go out and play. Uh, it still the, doesn't mean that saying it isn't stupid. Once you know why why do it? But I and I didn't I didn't have any problem with what uh, well, yeah, what he said. Well, no, no, I didn't have any problem with what Mitchell said. But then again, nobody remembers what's said afterwards unless they won. Right for the guy. Like what if they lose? Does that mean they didn't? care enough about Chazier? Does that mean it wasn't inspiring enough? I, I always wonder about what the message that's sent if you lose after saying you're going to win one right. for the Gipper. Right, and, and what, who was there was a defensive back for the Steelers, and I can't think of his name either, that did the same thing, and then the Patriots smoked him. Who was it? Maybe you, somebody will remember that. Um, it, was, it was a defensive back who it was a young guy. and, and Who they, got hurt. He, no, no. He said he was gonna. They were gonna win, and they just got crushed. And he was made. To oh feel wait, yeah. They but he, picked but, on him, and he gave that, up a bunch of big plays. Anthony, and, Anthony Smith, it was. That's who. It but was, that. Yeah. But he wasn't trying to win one for the Gipper. No. He just wanted to run his yak. Yeah, he was just a moron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the pirate season starts, which of these players will still be with the Pirates? <laughs> Garrett Cole. No. Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, no. Josh Harrison. No. I think they're all gone. Oh, yeah, I do. Um. And I think that everybody will justify it and say, well, yeah, you know, but we're really going to be good and we're well, looking see, that, at that's 2026. What I hate. And, like, and let me just, and I cannot take the task enough. First off, the fanboy bloggers. Ugh. Okay, because they're, they're, they're cheerleaders with a keyboard and not too much better are the pirate stooge media. Mm-hmm. Because if there is a group of media in this town that stooge for the team they cover, it is the people who cover the pirates. Supposedly credible media outlets, these guys stooge for the team all the time. Because when they trade Cole... We're going to hear, well, you know, it's the right move. Oh, yeah, because he has two years left on his contract. When they trade Kutch, it's going to be, well, you know, they had to do it. It's the right move. When is trying to win going to be the right move? That's that's the right move I'm waiting for because it is far too early, and I ran far too much about this because, you know what? If you get bit by a snake and then you go back to the same snake and get bit again, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't yell about the snake. No, stay away from the snake. Exactly what you thought was going to happen did. But but the reason I, I yell is because... We had 20 years of losing baseball, and we got told about future, 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 future. And now we had a three-year window in which they did okay. And anybody out there trying to tell me they did better than okay is full of crap because they didn't win a playoff series. Nope. And now we're talking about the future again. Isn't it far too early to be talking about the future again? Uh, And and it's always too early to talk about the future for me um, in, in situations like this. You have, look. The reason that Garrett, why is Garrett Cole on the team? Because they stunk really bad. Was he a number one pick or like the number two pick in the draft? I forget. He was very high. Well, he went in the first round twice. Yeah, but high, high. Yeah, and he was high pick. Um, that's why. That's how they got him uh, by stinking. That's how they got Andrew McCutcheon. He wasn't a high first round pick, but he was up there. 
Uh, he was the number one pick. You get those picks because you stink. And so what you're supposed to do is stink for a while like the Astros did, and you, and you take those high draft picks and you make good picks with them. You talked about the, talking about the future. Nothing made me want to puke more when, when the, than the Pirates having guys in the minor leagues and having them wait until the late June to bring them up because it'll give them another year well, on their contract. Never mind late June, leaving them in their years beyond yeah. when they're ready. Yeah. Like, like Nick Kingham. I keep hearing about Nick Kingham. Is he ever going to be ready? Right. Ever? No. Because he's like 39 now. And then you see other teams that have 20-year-old guys playing for him because they just bring them up and let them play. And um, they, they're they telling you that they're, they don't want to bring them up now because we think we're really going to be good in 2023 if we wait another year. They haven't they they haven't won in thirty nine years. Either do it and, and there's the other thing, Mark. I've been saying this on Twitter with the people and I've been saying it for years. Quit complaining about the nutting family not spending their money while you're giving them your money. Or after you've given well, them like your I've money. Always Just said, quit giving them your money or shut up about it. And I think this is a nifty turn of a phrase by me. I've always said the greatest accomplishment of Bob Nutting is getting uh you to care about his money like it's your money, <laughs> yeah. even as he takes your money yeah. and makes it his money. Right. That's exactly what he does, and I, I will never understand. Look, I understand when people say, I'm not going to punish myself. I love baseball. I want to take. I want to go to a ball game on a you know summer night, and I like to sit there and blah, blah, blah. I'll come for the other team. Whatever reason you have for going, that's great. I can't tell people what to do with their money. But don't give the guy your money and then spend years and years and years complaining about what he's doing with your money. Don't buy the product. What do you think would happen? You think something would have to give if 2,500 people showed up for opening day instead of 37,000 in April? You know, that, that's, the only thing, that's the only thing that's going to get anybody's attention, and that's never going to happen. Well, their attendance has dropped 600,000. They don't care. They're still going to make a – they got since, $50 million uh, from the Internet deal. Since the, 2015, how many more 100,000 do you think it'll drop this year, oh. especially if Cole Kutch and or Harrison leave? Oh, well, see, this is the other thing. I don't know. It'll drop. I don't know what it'll be. It'll be another hundred grand, probably. But here's the thing: there at the. This is the thing about baseball, especially when you have a small market team like the Pirates. While they're out there selling tickets, which is what they do right now, this is when you know, right before Christmas, you started seeing the ads. Oh, right, they're selling the season tickets while they still have Cutch, Cole, and Harrison. Right, and then by the time you know people head to the games, uh, and then the people they will could complain. All be gone. But, but here's a tip for you. If you're thinking that you're not going to be satisfied with a product if it doesn't include either any of those or all of those three players, then how about this? Don't buy your tickets until I don't know March 31st. What are they going to? Are they going to be gone if you don't buy them? You know, are they going to be sold out? Just wait and and let the pirates know I'm waiting. I'm not buying a ticket now for a product that I think you're going to give me. I want to see the product you're going to give me before I buy a ticket. Isn't that the way most people buy most things? That is consumer advocate John Stein. Thank you very much. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, sexy? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about announcing than any man alive. The X at 105.9. It is time for Coors Light, Cold, Hard Facts. Brought to you by Coors Light. And this edition is Cold Hard Facts about the Steelers and them Jags. Fact, Bortles stinks and Ben doesn't. Fact, Jacksonville's D is a lot better than Pittsburgh's D. Fact, Pittsburgh's offense is a lot better than Jacksonville's offense. Fact, Fournette is out of gas 
But Lev Bell might be too. Fact. Both teams are great on the pass rush. Fact. Not having Shazier will hurt Pittsburgh a ton. Fact. Vance McDonald is my dark horse to have a big game. This game just has sidebars and subplots out the wazoo. If you want to talk about it, dial now, 412-333-WXDX. Coors Light Cold Hard Facts brought to you by Coors Light. Enjoy $3.25 Coors Light bottles or drafts during all Penguin games at one of my favorite haunts uh, at the Pittsburgh Bottle Shop and Brew House in Collier Township, owned by my good friend uh, Mark Davis. Some hot babes work there, too. You know what, though? You know where we got cheated at the bottle shop? There was a girl who worked there uh, this past summer who was home for college. A, looked the part. B, really dressed the part. And she's back at college now, which shows how selfish young girls can be. Trying to better yourself when you could work as a waitress and be objectified by me. A regrettable habit on my part, but... uh, Jackie Treehorn treats objects like women, man. 412-333-9939. We've not yet taken a call uh, all day, which is amazing because you know you're thinking about this game. You know you can't really draw a beat on this game, but but maybe you should try and talk it out by dialing 412-333-WXDX. I got to tell you, I think we're underestimating the Jags, but I still think the Steelers should win. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers don't. I'm picking the Steelers, but uh, again, we're ignoring that Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh by 21 three months ago. And yeah, that was three months ago. And a lot of things have changed. But it's still the same two teams playing one another again. I'm going to be giving away $1,000 later this hour. Not It's not my money. I would never. Well, I gave that Lemieux um, guy 6600 that one time. Let's get out of our good friend to talk about the Steelers and them Jags. He is the Hebrew Hammer. Hammer, Yakshamash. Yes, too much, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Uh, if this was snow, we'd have like four feet of snow. Okay. All right. Anyways, I enjoyed hearing the Colin Coward uh, clip, and he had some real telling points. And just like uh, Stige said, I think it was like 14 or 16 or something teams that lost by more than 20 lost again in the playoffs. And that, that's an amazing statistic. Um, and I'm sure, but the only thing is, I don't know if any of those teams lost, uh, how the Steelers lost with their quarterback throwing five interceptions, et cetera. So it's kind of right. And two pick sixes in quick succession, too. It's a, it was a, it's a legitimate 21 point loss because the Jags were very worthy winners. But it was funny how the points piled up at the end. Yes, yes. But it is interesting to hear a national perspective on things. And I think the Steelers fans are always so confident because. So many of them just listen to the local media, and a lot of times the local media, just as they cheer for the Pirates, they cheer for the Steelers. Or maybe they don't cheer, but they certainly don't say how it is. Well, it's it, a bit it's a bit different, though, Hammer, because 
When the local media stooges for the Steelers, the Steelers are 13-3. and three. When the local media stooges for the Pirates, the Pirates stink and they ignore that and try to make us believe they're better than their record uh, when the reality is nobody in any sport is better than their record. Well, my point is, is you're not hearing an unbiased perspective and national media provides that. So I think if Johnny Indra, who's been in the game Sunday, heard a coward, they'd be like floored because they'd be like, how, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Or they just would be in disbelief of it and brush off. Okay, so I do think Jacksonville can win. Um, I, they probably won't, but sure they can win. I mean, uh, Well, who's your pick, though, Hammer? Are you picking the Steelers? I mean, yeah, probably like 20 to like 14 or something, but I'm a user too, I guess, to some degree. So. Will you be hosting a viewing party at Sluggos? Actually, we're closed this Sunday. Why would you be closed for a Steeler game? Uh, our staff, uh, they're all going to the game. I figured maybe so, you were a religious zealot like, like Chick-fil-A. I know, I'm not. Um, don't let my nickname uh, or handle uh, mislead you. Hey, uh, this is kind of Actually, like... Actually, Sunday's free game for, you know. That's right. <laughs> that, um, real that, quick, uh, this is like a side uh, Real story. quick. Come on. This has gone on long enough. Go ahead. There's a litany of stupid cliches in football like uh, a testament of wills, et cetera. What does pin your ears back actually mean? What, what's that? I, oh, you I can explain that one. Good. When, uh, like, attack dogs, yeah. you know, like run at their prey. They literally pin their ears back. Their ears kind of pin themselves back. Okay, that makes sense. Hey, tickets are gone for like $50. That's another story. What's up with that? That's your cue. Need two here. Two here. Two. Who needs two? Who needs two? Up next, Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? A lot of gibberish, a lot of booze, a lot of public urination. The X at 105.9. I made a tough decision. I will not be attempting to drive to Northfield, Ohio, near Cleveland, for the Vince Neal concert tonight. I'm pissed because I had great tickets and spent a lot of money, but uh, I don't want to wind up with my Ford Explorer flipped over in a ditch somewhere between here and Northfield, Ohio. Going to give away a thousand bucks in a few minutes, but joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, what's your pick uh, for Sunday Steeler game, and how do you expect the afternoon to go? I will say 20 to 10 Steelers, Mark, uh, because of the weather. Not too high scoring, uh, but two touchdowns, two field goals seems about right for the Steelers. And uh, I think that they get out ahead of Blake Bortles, and he's got to start throwing to catch up, and it all goes to pot like you and Craig Wolfley talked about in the 3 o'clock hour. He's not, you know, he's not built to throw, first of all, and he's definitely not built to play catch up. Yeah. Uh, then again, remember what uh, A.J. Boye said, give us a seven-point lead and we'll show what we could do. And again, Bob, it might sound like a small thing, but if I win the toss, and I'm like Tom when I take the ball. I'm with you. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think in this time, uh, you know, assert yourself early, get out in front, let your defense do a couple of things, and then manage the game instead of letting them manage the game because you've, you've talked a couple of times about how they can get on those lengthy drives, a lot of running, wear that defense down. If the defense is out there in that cold, uh, you know, those conditions for that long, uh, that's not a good thing. So get out front, get out early, and then manage the game. Steelers win. 
Are the fans and even the players overconfident? You hear Mitchell talking about they'll definitely beat New England. They're not even in a position to know that they're going to play New England yet. And the fans, boy, they're ignoring the Steelers uh, having struggled on defense, especially the absence of Shazier. They're ignoring the Jacksonville pass rush, which was second the best in the league behind Pittsburgh's. They're ignoring the great cornerbacks Jacksonville has. This is a really good Jacksonville team, and I'm not sure Pittsburgh has wrapped their heads around that even after being beaten 30-9 to by Jacksonville in Week 5. You know what? I'll give uh, I'll give the fans a little bit of benefit of doubt on this one. I mean, the, the calls this week and last week, you know, they know that the Steelers aren't this juggernaut that's, you know, they're not the New England Patriots right now, but they do have a hell of an offense. Everybody seems to be healthy right now, including Antonio Brown, who sure he missed practice today with an illness, a.k.a. the flu, but he will be good to go on Sunday. Everybody else seems to be ready to go. Um They've brought up the questions about the great cornerbacks in Jacksonville. They've brought up the questions about Fournette being able to run the ball. They brought up questions, you know, and given the Jaguars the benefit of the doubt. So I don't think they're overconfident, Mark. I think that just the way it stacks up, you're looking at Pittsburgh, a 10 to 14 point winner. I, I think that that's valid. Uh, I hope you're right. But uh, Randy Bauman uh, tweeted if AB has the flu, what if a whole bunch of guys have the flu by game time Sunday? Then well, it'll be AB's fault. We can blame AB right. for not well, practicing proper hygiene. Well, that's what, you know, hey, that's why he sent him home, I guess. We don't know exactly what was going on with the flu. Maybe it was just an upset stomach. Uh, we don't know if it was the whole gamut of the ammonium AD commercial, all the different signs you can run through. Um, but let's just not think that the rest of the Steelers are going to get the flu. Because, hey, if Jacksonville's up here in the same city, who's to say that they're not going to get the same flu that's going around? Maybe they should have uh, A.B. run through their locker room. That's Bob McGaugh. I'm brought to you by 84 Lumber. Now I'm giving away 1000 bucks. It all ends today. It's your last chance to win a $1,000 bribe from 105.9 The X. Just listen. You'll find out how to get it. Then text the keyword, and you could win $1,000 from The X. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.